Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Hash Brown Girls podcast, where five extremely curious girls hash out all of life's unanswered questions to give you the lowdown fresh off the grill. I'm Huria. I'm Sara. I'm Hania. I'm Afreen. And I'm Como. But collectively, we're known as the Hash Brown Girls. Disclaimer, everything mentioned in this podcast is research purely and our opinion is based on that research. Welcome to the Welcome. first episode. Yay! This is finally happening. <laughs> yeah. Of the Hash Brown Girl podcast where five, as you heard in the tagline, five lifelong friends decided to create a podcast where we talk about just like weird stuff and question it mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's what we're doing basically with covid and everything we decided we have the time and we already have these conversations so why not just make a little more of an educated podcast about it for sure i mean i think this is a great idea we already do this why exactly not record it? Mm-hmm. why not have people listen to our thoughts so every episode all five of us focus around a question that we are curious about and attempt to answer it through meticulous research aka googling <laughs> Yep, and the common theme between all of these questions is that we are examining all aspects of our society and our culture that no one else really thinks twice about. And did anybody want to say why we're called the Hash Brown Girls? Because we all love to get together for brunch. And what do we discuss during brunch? Tea. (laughs) Yeah, except it's life's tea. Ooh, true. And you might be wondering, okay, but why specifically hash browns? And it's not because we just love them, but because it made the most sense. Because what are we doing during this podcast? We are hashing it out. And ironically, all five of us are brown and South Asian. So we thought, wow, hash brown girls. Hey, isn't that so creative? (laughs) Now that we know a little bit about this podcast and what we're going to be talking about for hopefully forever, let's get into who we are. Okay, so should I go first? Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to wing this. Okay. Hi, my name is Sara. Hi, Sara. Hi, Sara. Hello, everybody. Um, (laughs) uh, Welcome to our rehab. Um, (laughs) So my name name is Sara, and I would say I am like the voice of reason in this group, I think. Like I like to tell everybody. um, (laughs) Like I try to be like the, you know, the honest person. Um, No, no. Like I think I try to be more practical and I'm also a very like try it all type of person where I love to try new things but it's hard for me to stay committed so hopefully I stay committed to this podcast (laughs) I mean I will though because you all will hold me accountable so anyways okay Hania go next oh the hell okay (laughs) hi everyone I'm Hania Hi, Hi, Hanya. Hello, Hanya. I was waiting for that. So I'm the baby of the group, but my back problems made me feel like the grandma of the group. Um, (laughs) Basically, coffee. I love the fall. I love my cat. And I sound really basic, but I guess I am. I love her too. Aw, you don't act like it. (laughs) What? How am I? Am I supposed to like go over and like make out with her? Why'd you have to take it that far? I don't know. You like, you know, I was like, anyways. Honestly, I have a really weird visual now. 
Don't visualize that. All right, that was cool, Hanya. Como, why don't you go next? <laughs> I don't know. Was it Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you visualized me making out with your cat. It was fine. Ew. I didn't visualize that. Oh my god. <laughs> you. Anyways, continue, Gomel. Or start. Hi. <laughs> Hi. As you guys all know, my name is Gomel. Hello, Gomel. Hi, Gomel. Hi, Gomel. Hi, Hi. So I am basically the mom of the group, and that's because I'm actually a mom. I have a one-year-old. <laughs> it's not because. <laughs> <laughs> to the cutest baby ever cutest baby in the world she's so naughty these days though <laughs> she literally throws her tantrums like oh it's, it's really like crazy it's she's the terrible fabulous except Wild she's tantrum. one so i'm like what is two gonna be like oh never mind that's why i get listening to this 20 years from now and then she's <laughs> gonna be like wow my mom really talking about my tantrums right now <laughs> but yeah so i'm a new mom and I run on coffee and I run on reality TV because right now life is just too stressful for me to even, just to even, you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like <laughs> I can't even. Just can't That's even. Literally exactly. my mood. Literally. Yeah. That's, I think this whole year, this is what everybody's kind of just been like now. Mm-hmm. Collectively. None of us, now. none of us can even. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 2020 can't even. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right on that note um Huria, if you'd like to introduce yourself yeah hi everyone Huria is also hanya's sister oh that's true my name is Huria. hani is my little sister and i like to consider myself the big sister not only to her but to everyone in this group um i like to cook and i like to play games but not, not like not like games like you know, <laughs> board games <laughs> like, i feel like know. i'm listening to a dating profile <laughs> And I like to eat. <laughs> this is not Love Island. And I like pandas. And that's me. That's good. <laughs> and this is my life. <laughs> Why do you like pandas? Honestly, I don't know. First, you know, it's really, really funny. I think I, I went through phases of liking different types of bears. First, I like the koala bear, but I really <laughs> hate it. I remember the koala There's bear. There's like a weird yeah. animal complex in this group. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I won think... a contest in Australia where I got to hold a koala bear. I was like six. What kind of contest makes you win a koala bear? When like did you go to Australia? Old. Yeah, and also when, when did you go to Australia? I was six years old. Yeah. Oh, I like God. pandas. I love this. They're my spirit animal. Learned. I just like any sort of feline. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for that. I really like pugs. <laughs> okay. Are you going to get a pug next? No, I really wanted one, but you know, there's just... Oh, honey, you're still good. <laughs> I love bugs. Okay. I think At first, I'm talking about, you know, like, buggity? No, what well, the hell is that? Fob real quick. <laughs> Why'd you roll your R, Sarah? I don't like that. Don't roll your R in this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, offering you I've been here, but my video I keep losing internet on my yeah, just turn your video off. Oh, there you're back. Never mind. No, we're about video is on a MacBook. My audio is on a PC. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't even hear her anymore. Honestly, you cannot. I can't even hear her mental breakdown right now. 
it went. <laughs> I'm sorry, my internet keeps crapping out. I can't promise you anything right now. And that's offering. Uh, <laughs> hi everybody it's me Efrain. hi, hi uh, hello hi, hi. hi everyone so i'm Efrain, and i have been friends with all of these beautiful girls for a very long time and i've been always chatting mm-hmm. with them so i was like hey you know i want to put this um like in a way to document it for our future generations or for future kids so anyways <laughs> I didn't think that deep into it, but yeah. I mean, I love you. That was really sweet. I am like a former reformed emo goth girl because I, you know, listen to the same music from 10 years ago, but I don't look the part. However, recently colored my hair purple. And it looks badass. It looks good. Thank you. And I'm having an existential crisis (sighs) with everything that's going on, but especially today because... My mom finally hugged me because she saw me terrorized by what was going on TV. And I don't get affection by my mom. Um, Anyways, that's too real. Um, this is oh, real deep. God. <laughs> <laughs> we went from zero to one real quick in these <laughs> I also really love hedgehogs. And so if you ever follow me on Instagram, that is all you're going to see. Not yeah, pictures of me or my friends. That's hedgehogs. Yes. We that's are true. trying to have a weird animal. Wait, offer, wait, Gumbo, what's yours though? Because we not we all know. Oh, I, my parents have like three cats, so. Cats, so cats are your thing too. Yeah. Two Love two you. felines, a pug, a panda, and a hedgehog. Three well, I'm a cat feline. too. Three. So you like pugs? I'm decide. like a hybrid. I like pugs, but like I have a little baby. But, um. Okay. All right. Off, offering. Um. I'm sending you a lot of air hugs right now. And uh, thanks for introducing yourself <laughs> to this podcast and our listeners. Um, so yeah, so Sorry. now that you guys Wait. know a little, I'm oh. getting air hugs from the other least affectionate person. <laughs> I feel loved. My air hug will be literally an air hug. Okay, so, so, anyways, we like to do a little bit of a check every episode, seeing how we're all doing, um, especially with what's going on currently with the elections. As you all know, today is November 4th, currently the day we're recording. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> what a day. And nothing is good. And if we're extra silly today, it's just this is just how we cope. It's been really stressful. So yesterday, I don't know if you guys remember, I'm sure you do remember, but yesterday the elections were at a pretty close call and it it just, I feel like my emotions were really played with because last night I went to sleep thinking like, okay, Trump for sure is going to win. And then this morning really? by like mid afternoon, yeah, I just felt like, cause they were projecting him to have so many states. Yeah. I but that. I also feel like, I mean, I think what surprised us, what like continues to surprise us is how close it is. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me because I was just, I really thought like it would be like a landslide one way or the other, but it's so close. So that just shows you how divided everyone is right now. It's so funny because like my cousin literally was like, you know, even though today we are seeing that Biden might actually win, it's still a loss in a way because of how close the race is. Like you would never imagine that it's this close after four years of what we've basically been after everything that's happened this year. Yeah, like, I I just felt like when Hillary Clinton had lost in 2016, I think it was very, very shocking. So at the end of the day, I just felt like it was just, 
I was expecting the worst. So that's right. why maybe I had expectations. Yeah, I mean, even the debates were such a joke. Like, literally, Trump yeah. did not let Biden talk. And at one point, Biden just lost it and was like, will you shut up, man? <laughs> and, that was probably my favorite part of the day. Yeah, same. And there's, like, a fly on Pence's head. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really I, funny. Yeah, so personally, I just think it's been really just astonishing, <laughs> to say the least, how close it's been. Because I really thought, I mean, I think a part of me was predicting this just because the fact that there are so many Trump supporters and people, um, you know, they're threatening to literally jump people that would vote, like do mail-in ballots and stuff. So to me, I just thought, okay, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump wins again. You know, or even if Biden does win, like watch Trump just say something. Another interesting thing was, you know, just out of curiosity, yesterday I did an Instagram poll asking my Instagram friends who they thought would win. And it was really cut down really evenly, like half of the people thought Trump was going to win versus half of Biden. And now I'm asking the same, I asked the same question like a whole 24 hours later. And right now um, Biden has 264 electoral votes and Trump is at 214. And it's just crazy how everyone's still like, you know, we it's changed a lot. I think at this point now, it's like 90% of people are, are thinking that Biden is going to win and 10% still thinks Trump. But I think ultimately, it's still, I, I don't know, I still feel like it's going to be yeah. Trump. They're going to just do some sneaky, sneaky. And I'm just traumatized from 2016, yeah. obviously. I mean, but I think the uh, news did come in that Trump is planning to like sue um, Pennsylvania, states, like Pennsylvania, yeah. Wisconsin, Wisconsin I Georgia, I think was one of them he, too. He wants to do a recount of Wisconsin. Yeah. He, and, it's not um, going to happen though, right? I, I think they think are. It if might. Win, if, you, if you win by less than 1%, then you can do a recount. It says Trump campaign files lawsuit in Georgia in addition to Pennsylvania and Michigan. Okay, can I ask you guys another question, though? What's making me go nuts is how obviously everyone's going to follow different news outlets, right? Like there's going to be CNN and MSNBC, Fox, even Google. And like all of them are giving kind of like different um, updates as far as how the electoral votes are. Is it just because they're when some people are just trying to like hold off and not really give a final update until they are for sure? Or are some just predictions? Well, funny that you ask because we're going to get into that in today's episode. Ooh. The question for today's episode is, does your vote really matter? Ooh, let's hash it out. All right. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on right now, as we just talked about. Um, and as always, we decided to hash it out in today's episode. And personally, we just wanted to go into the question of does your vote really matter? Because that's a very common theme these days where people are unsure about voting because they don't think their voice counts. And we thought, let's mm. get down into it. So let me just give you a quick rundown about how we're going to do it. So first, we're going to go into the history of voting, talking about how it works, how it can be rigged, as well as talk about a few elections in specific. And then we'll talk about a few lessons learned, as well as some thoughts for the future. Um, and then we will conclude with what our thoughts are on does your vote really matter? Hmm. So, yeah. So like I said, the voting process is really confusing. I myself in my research learned a lot that I either never knew or just 
freaking forgot altogether. And so I really wanted to ask you guys before we get into the meat of this, do you think your vote matters? I don't know. Like straight up, like I'm so confused. I think it matters. I think, yes, everyone's vote matters. Everyone should vote. We should all get out there, exercise our civil rights. Oh, for sure. I think it's complicated, but your vote definitely yeah, matters. Definitely. And, and it can be explained right. in different I'll be ways. honest. I thought so, it didn't yeah. count. After 2016, I feel like I lost all faith because, I, you know, Trump lost Same. in the popular vote, but then he, he still became president. So in my eyes, I just thought that the whole system was a sham, which brings me to my next question. Do we think that the election process is rigged? Yep. Yes. I think it's rigged. I, oh, I think our yeah. vote counts, but I think the system is a failure because this is supposed to be the land of the free and everyone's supposed to be treated equally and their vote is supposed to be uh, taken in equally. But is it? I don't know. I don't think it is. You does know, does like, my I vote matter like more than someone's vote in North Dakota? It does, actually. Potentially, if we want to reveal our location. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't. recording from an undisclosed location. And, you know, I think it brings us to talking like people talking about all these wild conspiracies, because so many times in the election process, our right to vote has failed us. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Bilderberg group. I have heard of them. I don't know too much about them. Would you say Bilderberg? (laughs) <laughs> builder bird okay. builder bear works too <laughs> they build bears on the side conspiracy i wish bears. they just build bears <laughs> oh god <laughs> but they are an actual group basically all the world's top leaders from the media um political office they all get together in one room and they discuss supposedly now this is the conspiracy part because they do actually get together and then they discuss what will happen allegedly for the rest of the year and supposedly whoever attends those meetings becomes the next president so obama well he did attend but they're saying that's why then he became president and it's just wild stuff like that. Yeah. And the reason why we're hearing about a little bit about what they talk about is because the maids that are like the janitors, whoever clean the office or are nearby, wherever they meet, they like overhear and then they'll tell people like, this is what I heard. And they actually met at a Marriott near us. So it's pretty creepy. That's yeah, that's scary. You know, yeah. it's really funny. I was actually just asking someone today in a group chat, like, hey, who do you think is going to like run in four years? And everyone's telling me to hoard my horses. But I'm just like, there's no way that they're not already thinking about that. Right? Right. Like the whole new group of players. Who knows? Although those conspiracies are all crazy, we're not going to talk about those in today's episode. We're going to get into how it's actually rigged officially. Um, So before we talk about the actual rigging, we need to talk about the history of voting and how voting has evolved over time, because it's important to understand that voting was not always considered a right. So in the Constitution, it was written as an afterthought, and it was written as a privilege for white men with property over the age of 21. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was also dependent on the state. So each state could decide whatever they wanted to do. And that actually is still the law today. And the basic issue with this is that 
Um, when you have a democracy where the citizen is not given the right to vote, your government can abuse you because your voice is not heard. It's only the privileged who are able to speak, aka the white uh, upper class male. Then in 1868, it was all men who were born or naturalized in the U.S. could vote. Then later on, it became all former slaves could vote. And then in 1920, women earned the right to vote. So literally about time yeah so so i'm just going through like how on paper it seems like all these people are getting the right to vote so finally in 1920 they remembered women and they gave them the right to vote finally they, they remembered, remembered women, women. <laughs> yeah, still so. forgotten right. yeah and then a century and a half later they're like oh maybe we should let women vote too then in 1924 they allowed native americans to vote um but just because all these people supposedly had the right, like Hanya said, they weren't exactly allowed to vote. And this is where voter suppression comes into play, especially in the South. Voting was made very difficult for non-white males. And we'll probably talk about these a little more later on when we talk about actual rigging. But just know that in 1965, under the Voting Rights Act, voting suppression was supposedly outlawed because states had to get a pre-clearance from the government if they were going to make voting more difficult. Because the whole issue was that because voting was up to each state, they could do whatever they wanted. But now with the Voting Rights Act, they had to get a pre-clearance from the government. And then the, the court had to say, okay, you can do that. Um, and it made it harder for voter suppression. And before the Voting Rights Act, an estimated 23% of eligible black voters were registered nationwide. And right after the Voting Rights Act, it wow. went up to 61%. So it just shows you how difficult it was for people of color and black people specifically to vote. But you know, it's so messed up in a way. Like the fact that first off, Native Americans were last, that's kind of crazy to me yeah. because this is their land. And the fact that, you know, african-american people are former slaves like they got the right to vote but it's like they didn't even want to be here and like all of a sudden right. so. and um you know they made a new rule in general that if your grandfather could vote then you could vote but what slaves or former slaves grandfather could vote right it was basically like a loophole I was going to say one more point was that voter id uh not having to apply to be a voter is voter suppression in and of itself against these populations. That's such a good point, um, yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you weren't taught to read or you had a fight to learn to read, then knowing that all the legalese to just getting a voter ID yeah. to get the ability to vote. So, you know, the origination of it was in 1950. South Carolina was asking its population to ask for voter ID. So, as of right now, 33 states require a form of ID. So if you think about this, privileged communities that have access to transportation have the ability to get voter IDs, but, you know, there are a lot of people of color who um, first can't uh, afford the fees that can be a barrier against getting voter IDs or like they may not be able to afford it. I think it's just like getting a license costs money. And like when it comes between paying for a license or put, getting $30 to pay for food for your family, like that's still a lot of yeah. money that could feed a lot of people. Definitely. What would you choose, yeah. right? So it's discriminatory. It's a form of poll tax in the modern day. Hmm. 
Just to emphasize how low our voter turnout is in America, by 2016, over 90% of people over the age of 18 had the right to vote, but only 56% used it. Just to put it into perspective how low our turnout is for younger people, especially. Well, except this year we broke some records. That's Mm -hmm. true. We did. That is true. But why, like, I mean, I guess... You know, there there has to be a point of when people actually like stand up and do something. But I just feel like for the longest time, and I've read a few articles about it too, like our generation definitely talks about it through social media, trying to like, you know, spread the word of voting and everything. And we always like try to like talk about who we want to win. But when it comes to actually voting or doing it, a lot of people don't show up. Like at the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's because they don't think their vote matters. But then why are they talking about it? I also think it's because the whole voting process is so confusing. That's um, true. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and no it's one- also the people that are at the forefront of these parties, too. For some reason, we still have a two-party system, and we have right. two, only two people to choose from, really. Two people that really have a chance. Yeah, so <laughs> let's get into the actual voting process, like, Let's talk about the Electoral College first. Let's talk about how literally it was made as a last minute thought. And for some reason, it's still here today. Like they figured out how they're going to elect the House of Representatives. They figured out how they're going to elect the Senate. Then they were like, okay, what about the president? Like we need to have the people elect the president, right? So this is this is the late 1700s. And obviously, a lot of people had no idea how like who was running, what they stood for. And they just, quite frankly, didn't trust people to make the right decision. I mean, that's what it came down to. So they were really scared of a purely popular vote. So this this was actually kind of funny. I, I was watching the Vox series on the elections, and they said that it was the Committee on Postponed Matters. Like there was literally a committee for things that they kept postponing. <laughs> and the Electoral College was one of them. That's so weird. And a lot of presidents like James Madison admitted that it was just created in a hurry out of impatience and just fatigue. And the southern states actually favor this system because they can give their slaves or former slaves less power. So if Mm -hmm. it was such a last minute thing, why do we still use it? Like, does anyone even know how the Electoral College versus the popular vote even works? I just know it's based off population. I would say like 60%, 70% maybe. I agree with Anya that I only understand that about like 60, 70% because I feel like it is a little outdated, but um, yeah. that's how much I kind of understand. <laughs> I just relearned because I, I learned this in, in government class, but I forgot that when you're voting, you're not actually voting for the president. You're voting for your district's elector. And then they mm-hmm. go, yeah. they yep. go and they vote. Um, for your choice on December 14th? I think everyone's kind of familiar with the popular vote, which is like whoever gets the most or majority of the votes wins. And that's pretty straightforward. However, the Electoral College is set up in a way where there are about 538 electors that come together every four years during the election season to give their official votes to the president and the vice president of the United States. And... Also, while that's happening, there are people being voted into um, the House of Representatives and into the Congress. So we're voting on two senators and a number of representatives, depending on which state you live in, because some states like California will have a lot more 
as compared to maybe Rhode Island, which is a lot less. So like, for example, California has um, 55 electoral votes. And that it means there are 53 House representatives and two senators. We interrupt this broadcast with breaking news. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Routinely, we will this interrupt photo. whatever we're saying to, to just talk about the elections because we're really excited to find out. Yeah, <laughs> because we still don't know who's gonna win and we're really we excited to see so donald trump is 49.8 percent and joe biden is 49 percent oh exactly point eight hundred point eight with 98 percent <gasps> voting yeah that's true i'm like who has the 49.8 trump but but he had 49 if, like an hour ago and i think um joe was at like 48 and now he's at 49 um, so in order to win, e each of these running candidates has to meet 270 electoral votes. So in order to gain the majority, because about 538 divided by that about two in order to get the majority is 270. And right now, Biden, according to CNN.com, has 253 and Trump has 213. And that's kind of how it's been for like a day and a half. That's why most of the United States is on edge. Yeah. <laughs> but um, usually in other most elections, this has not been the case. Uh, usually by the end of the election day, we see who has gone to 270. Yeah, it's usually quicker than this. But I think because of a lot of the mail-ins that came in this year, it's yeah. been a lot more prolonged than usual. Which is why exactly. Trump was just really pissed. Yeah, he's like so confused as to why these mail-in votes are like flipping states, even though he told his voters not to do mail-in votes. There are a few ways that elections can be rigged, and we're going to dive right into that. One thing I think is on a lot of people's minds are, wait, if we're really not voting directly to the president and we're just electing certain people to be electors, well, couldn't they just vote opposite of what their constituents wanted? Yeah. So kind of diving into that. Some states have this uh, thing called the free vote, but in practice, they vote for the candidates they are pledged to while in other states, they are required to do so. Mm -hmm. So far in history, only nine electoral votes have been cast against the state's instructions by these people called faithless electors. And by that, not really much difference has been changed by it, but it's in history that this has happened before. If the result is extremely close, a faithless elector could cause real trouble and it would probably be decided by the courts. Right, because... Technically, the the electoral college should be voting for whatever you voited for in the district, but faithless ones can just do whatever the hell they want. Damn, we're really just putting all our eggs yeah. in one basket. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I know that we've been talking about faithless electors, but, you know, I think we kind of touched upon this earlier. Uh, couldn't my vote potentially in one state be stronger than a vote in another? Yes, funny you bring that up because the next thing I was going to bring up in election rigging is the imbalance of power between voters from state to state. So a lot of battleground or swing states such as Michigan, Pennsylvania, Virginia, California, Texas, there's a few more that I'm not going to list, basically have a lot more voting power. And that's because they have more congressional districts or electorates. Um, so for example, in the 2016 election, a voter in Michigan had a thousand times, a thousand times more power than a voter what? in Wyoming. And so what ends up happening, because there is imbalance of power, candidates spend more time in these battleground states than they would in, say, Vermont. 
So along with those two, with faithless electors, imbalance of power between voters, we also have the fact, this isn't exactly rigging, but an important point to note, that the U.S. has some of the lowest voter turnout globally, but ironically <laughs> spends the... What is so funny? <laughs> why are you no, I don't know why, The whole sentence, you were saying words kind of weird. Yeah, you're being globally. very aggressive. <laughs> globally. <laughs> I like it. Keep going, though. I'm a, I love it. I'm a little delirious because I just want to know who the hell is going to win this election. I know. Watch it, watch it on three different platforms. I keep on refreshing Google. I have it Same. on my arms. And I, yo, the amount of time I've done this, this being like refreshing. Yeah, like, what is this? What are you doing with your yeah. thumb over there? She's can doing like just, a thumb gesture. Can I just playing thumb more? I'm just gonna say that my dad was flipping through all of the channels, and Fox News keeps giving Biden more electoral votes, and I'm like, what are you trying to say, Fox News? Yeah. Like they had a had him at 263, and I'm like, but everybody else who's more liberal is like 253. I'm but like, I think okay. you also have to see that news outlets also look at ratings, so they think that they might get more ratings. So the U.S. has some of the lowest voter turnout globally with only 52%, but ironically spends the most globally on voting um, versus other countries, such as in 2016, guess how much was spent on uh, campaigns? One billion dollars. Millions. Trillion. You sound like Bernie Sanders. Trillion, girl. What What is this? Like the national debt? (laughs) Six and a half billion with a B. That's a lot of money. Yeah, because, so because there's no six and a half B I L L I. Like that money could go towards a lot so of many more useful things. Yep. billion was on the presidential alone, and you know why that is? Because there's no cap on campaigns. But then we can't have we can't have free health care. Yep. Preach. Just saying. So one of the ways they're funded that also makes um, them rigged is super PACs, which are non-disclosed entities. The candidate doesn't have to disclose who's funding them. It can be whoever. And what that means then is that they kind of have to support the decision of this unknown party. So let's say I'm going to give a totally outlandish outlandish example. Um, Let's say one candidate receives funding from um, cats wanting to have abortion, the group of cats that want to have abortions, okay? (laughs) And Tanya has a most disgusted face. I was trying to think of something very apolitical, but it's kind of political for cats. Okay, let, let me change that. How about for um, people that are against cats Just fixing themselves or getting. <laughs> so let's say one f- candidate is funded by the anti fixers, okay, the anti cat fixers. Then they have to find research that supports cats not getting fixed. So because of this, they will sometimes find biased research to support um, that cats should not be fixed, basically. Okay. So they will they will literally hire academics to create bias research to back up what the non-disclosed party is funding them for. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also been a big part of the recent primaries, the Democratic primaries, about who was funded by a super PAC and who was not. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Bernie was really... Uh, very vocal about not being uh, backed by super PACs. Yeah. I remember that. That's why he's yeah. the man. Which, 
like even AOC was very vocal about getting grassroots funding. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really hard for candidates to become prominent without receiving uh, super PAC funding. Um, okay, so moving on to the most popular way of election rigging is voter suppression, the, the popular one that we've been hearing about this election. Um, so statistically, white rich males making over $100,000 and are over the age of 65 have the highest voter turnout. I don't know if you guys remember, but the 1965 Voters' Rights Act that I had mentioned earlier, that basically said that any state that wanted to um, implement voter suppression or voter restrictions, they had to go through the Supreme Court or through the government. So the Supreme Court then in 2013 weirdly invalidated key parts of the Voting Rights Act, which basically meant that they were not going to police voter suppression like they did before. And what happened right after? States and counties started implementing voter suppression again. And voting Hmm. became more difficult for who? Blacks and Latinos. They were literally waiting 45% longer to vote than white people. I know yesterday they were still in line. They were being hassled by like supporters of the other party. And just like, you're already been disadvantaged by voter suppression. And then like, it just doesn't stop there. And that happened today too. I don't know if you guys saw, but they were basically trying to finish counting in Detroit, which is, you know, predominantly, you know, black community. And yeah, there were, that's true. You know, white Trump supporters banging on these doors, banging on the glass, trying to like tell them to stop counting. Where's the democracy in that? Where, yeah, where that, where does that I make saw sense? that. Which br- brings us to the next thing, voter intimidation. Back in the day, the KKK would literally drive around predominantly black areas with nooses, oh trying to get them to not vote. Oh, man. Yeah. And even the, the a couple weeks ago, like when people were trying to submit their mail-in ballots, people were being threatened by Trump supporters um, and beaten up for just trying to drop their mail-in ballot. So it was pretty bad. Um, along with hmm. this, there have been – I don't think there's poll taxes anymore, but important to note that that was something very prominent. You had to – wait, poll tax meaning you had to pay to vote? Uh, yeah. You had to give a tax, which basically kept poor minorities away from the polls. You know, we're hearing all this, like, stuff, right, about, like, you know, voter suppression, and it's all really shitty. Like, it's a really shitty part of our history, but it's, like, stuff like this still happens. And are we even surprised, you know? That's true. So the thing is, yeah, and I wanted to add, like, we may not have a straightforward poll tax, but there is a poll tax. You need to have transportation to get to your polling station, and sometimes that's not nearby. You can't just walk to it, you know? You have to, like, be able to afford to get there. That's the other thing. Like, you need to get a voter ID. So usually it's been, like, an online process where you can just, like, go to your local... DMV, I believe, were just your county um, and to say, hey, I want to vote. But the thing is, like, how do I know to do that? I only remember doing that because I was in high school and then they helped me get it. All schools are not built the same. All schools are kind of right. Like, I just wanted to mention that there are so many ways that we've been privileged. Not everyone has that privilege. It's crazy because even voting today, just kind of leading up to everything that's been happening. I, you know, went early in the morning because I didn't get I didn't you know, complete my absentee vote. But I was worried that there were going to be very, very long lines when I was going to vote. It was very, very short. Like it was like a five minute process. But I think I get to think about Mm -hmm. the fact that we're very fortunate as to where we live. And that's not the case for everyone else in different states. Right. That's a good point. Counties kind of have more resources too when it comes to voting. 
thinks and everything as well. So we're so accustomed to thinking that you need a voter ID and that you need to be registered to vote. But in other countries, this is not a common practice. This is something implemented in America. The way it should be is at least, you know, if we are required to register to vote, everyone that turns 18, they should just automatically be registered. Like it should be something like that. It shouldn't exactly. be this annual process. Yes. Right. Because that is how it's done in other places. I think plays mm-hmm. in because it comes from that old Republicans perspective of the government not being too, too involved in the day-to-day of our life and stuff like that. So if you do yeah. want that, then you can register. But if you don't want that, then you don't have to. It's not an obligation. Well, even in that case, I just feel like it should be easier mm-hmm. then. Yeah. It is because I, I personally know people that haven't voted because they just never registered or they just never. Because it's you know, just like a process important. to register. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just, and they just don't want to. Right. Yeah. So mo- moving on, we talked about v- voter intimidation, poll tax and voter ID and registration, right? So let's also get into felons. A lot of us don't think about felons, but some people that did their time in jail, they are never able to vote again. They lose the right to vote permanently. And this is something I never even thought was a thing, but apparently states like Florida, Virginia, and Iowa do it. And actually in Florida, they were recently given the right to vote, which gave one and a half million people the right. But then the governor quickly came in right after and he won this bill with a slim margin, like 16,000 votes. He basically said that if you are a former felon and you want to vote, you have to pay off all your fees and debts or whatever to have the right uh, to vote restored. But that took away the eligible amount of voters that is from the felon. Unacceptable. Yeah. So because it's like, it's like the the minorities make one step forward and the majority pushes them one step back or they, they make two steps They're forward scared, and right. one step back. And lastly is Tuesday made as of the voting day. Like who decided this? Basically, Congress made Tuesday the election day back in 1845 when it was the only day that farmers could spend away from the fields, market or church. But today, Tuesday is just very impractical because yeah, it's without a work a national holiday... holiday. Right. Like, why would you make two? Why not like uh, give that as a work holiday? Some companies starting to give the day off, but that's not laterally done. And that means those who are in more privileged white collar office jobs, you're going to have that kind of population, that demographic vote. Whereas people who are in service jobs, they're not giving the day off. It's almost like a lose-lose situation because then, like, you know, if somebody argues, oh, you can do, like, mail-in voting, like, look what's happening right now. Like, they're trying to get rid of that. So there are many more ways in which our votes can be suppressed. But one way that I really need to mention, because Trump has been saying this a lot, and actually a lot of states use this as the reasoning behind their restrictions, is voter fraud, which actually is the least occurring method of voter suppression. Rarely is voter fraud a reason um, for the vote to be manipulated, yet it is the commonly used justification. You know, the implication that voter fraud is a major threat poses a really great threat to our democracy. Um, If we look at four years ago for the 2016 election, um, Vice President Mike Pence, he urged that there were literally thousands of instances of fraudulent voter registration occurring in Indiana at the time, which was just a wild misinterpretation of the fact. And false claims like this that we've been talking about are dangerous because we've seen them gain traction and they gain a following, they gain 
you know, they snowball into much larger issues. Right. I think that's, to me, it's just baffling that no one has stopped them from saying this stuff because there's no basis behind it, but yet it's still gaining traction. So that's the weirdest part. All right. So then moving on to one of the biggest ways that our elections can be rigged is gerrymandering. So for some of you that do not know what gerrymandering is, it is described as the legalized form of vote stealing, which just blows my mind. So to explain this as an example, let's say we have a one state, maybe let's pick Iowa. So Iowa has six electoral votes, right? Or districts. So technically, if we were to keep it fair, that would mean three Democratic electoral votes and three Republican votes or three Republican districts and three Democratic districts. But now in gerrymandering, you can draw those six districts differently to show a majority differently too. So if we were to draw it in a way like maybe we did one of the divisions really big, it would show as like majority Republican. So you'd still have six, but it'd be maybe like four Republican and two Democratic uh, districts. And what this ends up doing is that even if one district is technically mainly democratic when it's drawn weirdly they can show a republican majority which sways the way that our popular vote shows or the Mm. electoral vote comes out but that's the point where like you take away the power of the person who wants that you know like it's taken away from the popular vote it's taken yeah it's taken away the ability to have people have a voice And that's messed up. And so who draws these lines? It's usually the party that's in power and it's done every 10 years. And so what ends up happening is that the politicians are then choosing their electorates versus the electorate choosing the politician. That's sad. Mm -hmm. And so one common way that a lot of people have suggested to combat this gerrymandering is having an independent commission redraw the lines. But then when you have this, and a lot of states have done this in the past, having an independent commission, but what happens then is that the maps tend to favor Republicans. Why is that, you may ask? Why? Because people are gerrymandering themselves. Because... This is what's happening here. We're seeing a concentration of Democrats and Republicans everywhere. So even when you have an independent commission draw out these congressional districts, you will see a majority Republican, even if there are technically more Democratic people in that state or in that district. But it's because physically Republicans are just everywhere versus Democrats being closer to the city. That is so interesting. Like I never thought about literally geographically it makes such a huge mm-hmm. difference yes wow. it does and so what's happening then is that the electoral voice of people in cities is becoming less impactful versus those in rural areas and what we're seeing now is that republicans have a basically have a edge on democrats in this whole electorate system it's easier for Republicans to win the electoral vote because they have states like Texas, commonly Florida, and most of the Midwest. And in order for it to be a more even split, Democrats would need to have either D.C. as a state or Puerto Rico as a state. 
or Texas or Florida would have to become blue, which right. they never do. But they almost did. Texas almost became blue this election cycle. So what we're seeing, because the system favors Republicans, all Republicans have to do is reach out to their fellow Republicans. And they and what we're seeing then historically is that the Republican Party is becoming more and more conservative because they do not need any liberal voters. They just need their Republican Party to come out and vote. So right. that's why you're seeing like now they want to appeal the abortion act Roe v. Wade, um, yeah. which was never, which was unheard of before, but now under Trump, Even it's like, Bozy. yeah, let's get rid That's of that. So then the issue becomes that the Democrats have to get new voters. They have to convert people or maybe people who are in the middle to become Democratic. And we're also seeing a reactionary response from extremely liberal people like AOC, who are on the other end of the spectrum. And honestly, the two-party system was the founding father's worst nightmare. They were like, we do not want this because all it will do is create animosity towards each other. Mm. You know, I've been noticing that the Democrat nominee is constantly winning the popular vote, but is losing to the Republican candidate who gets less. And I talked about this earlier, but it was a way for the president to be elected by those who had more knowledge about things going on in the country and might safeguard them from like those who could be easily manipulated. Spot so, talking about manipulation, if you remember the 2000 election between Bush and Gore, there was contention between both candidates in Florida where there was a recount done. So this made it to the Supreme Court. Gore received 543,000 more votes than Bush, but because of something that happened in Florida where the voting was miscounted, where a month later Al Gore conceded to Bush saying, hey, okay, I concede, you win. He actually came back and was like, hey, wait, Florida is saying that there was some problem that happened. I'm going to get a recount. And that recount is what basically showed that Al Gore technically won the right. popular vote and probably won Florida. But because he conceded, he lost. And then Bush was president for the next eight years. Why is it that it's more complicated than it has to be. I think they're just trying to confuse us any way possible. One last thing I learned, and I wanted to say this earlier, but I couldn't really fit it in, is that the Electoral College, you've noticed that uh, I mentioned each um, state gets a number of representatives plus the number of senators, and that's it. But we were supposed to grow as the population grew, and that hasn't changed. Like The Electoral College was supposed to be more than 538 as the country grew. And it stopped. And that inherently affects the efficacy. So you're saying that Gore won the popular vote because they did a recount in Florida. That's right. Bush still won Florida, even though, even though Al Gore had won, technically. You know what I heard? That apparently in Florida, a bunch of vote counters got caught throwing ballots out. For that election or this mm -hmm. election? No, the 2000s election. Wow. Yeah, they got caught throwing ballots out. So wait, is that true? Yeah, because after this election, there were some new stricter policies that went into place as well in Florida, because it was just shady. Like he shouldn't have won. But I think the 2000 election isn't even the shadiest election. <laughs> I mean, which one we... was the shadiest? <laughs> I think we can all agree that 2016 was probably the shadiest election in U.S. Yeah. history. Absolutely shady. 
I remember when Donald Trump first was running for president and I didn't take him seriously at all. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was an actual joke that, you know, wasn't going to last long. But here we are four years later. So, (laughs) yeah, I literally thought it was just going to trend on Twitter for a day and then it would be gone. But yeah, Um, I kept thinking I was watching Saturday Night Live. I remember when he won, it felt like hell. Like, the skies were red. Like, I remember the sky being red that night. Like, maybe it was in my head or what, but I just remember it did not feel right. Like, it was, I was scared. Yeah. I think I went into, like, a depressive spiral for, like, a week after that. We were all just sad. I think it was just completely unbelievable that somebody like Trump could become president. He gained his popularity during the 2016 elections because the thing that was appealing to a lot of voters is that he was bold and honest and he wasn't a politician and people seemed to like that. He wasn't afraid to kind of spew his opinions and cause chaos. It was almost like he was in like a reality show, but because he was getting so much media coverage, he gained that popularity and people started liking him. Okay, whatever. Maybe he's not a typical politician. And we know obviously... We can go on a whole rant about that, but the concept of rigging is very, very valid here because Clinton wasn't perfect, but Trump did things, in my opinion, were far worse, but he got away with it. Exactly. It wasn't until much later that we did find out that there was tampering during the 2016 election. It was Russia's involvement that basically led to Trump being elected and caused the demise of um, Hillary's campaign. They not only hacked Hillary's campaign, but the Democratic National Committee and the Democratic Campaign Committee. And they worked with the Trump campaign to spread propaganda on social media, which is fake news, (laughs) and actually even tried to hack the Republican National Committee. Yuck. And I remember reading about (laughs) it, and I'm like, why would Russia even want to get involved? And it's just... Hillary would have been more active in foreign policy and then would increase the U.S. involvement in world affairs, where Trump would definitely not do that. In 2012, there were 2.4 million votes for third-party candidates, and that tripled in 2016 with 6.9 million votes. So it just came down to nobody was happy with Hillary becoming the Democratic nominee, and they weren't happy with Trump, so they just voted for a third-party But um, surprisingly, Hillary still won the popular vote. Like she had 66 million in total. Trump only had 63 million, but a grand whopping total of 99 million people just didn't vote at all. And when a lot of them were asked, like, why did you not vote? Why didn't you go and exercise your right? They just said, well, our vote doesn't matter. So why are we going to even bother? I mean, look at the people that did vote for Trump. Um, there were many white Americans without degrees that ran to the grand old party. And then one of the quotes is, overall, the reason Trump won was because he flipped big margins with white working class voters in the Midwest and Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania is something right now that we are watching out. And we mm-hmm. really hope that it turns I blue. know. Pennsylvania come through. Come and Nevada. The thing is that Trump spoke to these voters and basically he told his voters that, you know, Clinton won't work for you. She's going to work against you. Clinton 
didn't do anything really to help her cause either. She made a lot of mistakes and she called Trump uh, and his supporters deplorables and kind of likely angered them more. And ultimately, the winning of Donald Trump proved that America is not as strong as we might believe and that our infrastructure could easily be demolished. A lot of people that didn't really take the election seriously thought Trump wouldn't win, and he did. And now, hopefully, whatever happened in 2016 is a lessons learned that maybe we have a chance, you guys. There's a record number of voter turnout this year, too. Yeah. I think. Yes. I think in total, it's, uh, what, 70 plus 74. What's that? 144 yeah. million? So now we'll really see. We'll really answer the question if our votes matter. I'm still... Right. Yeah. So I mean, we're seeing this come down to like the smallest numbers. It's crazy. Like the smallest right. margin. Yeah. So that means, so in 2016, it was 129 million votes. And this is what, 144 million votes? Mm-hmm. That's 15 million 15. more people who came out to vote. So it's like so many, like, there are so many opportunities for people to register, I feel like, more than ever as well. Like, if you went on Instagram, Instagram helped you register. it. Like, if you go yeah. on Twitter, Twitter helped you register. Just random things. Like, they just made it so easy. And I feel like that's kind of the way. The Whichever key. side you're on, like, just be registered and, yeah. right. you know. Exercise your right to vote. Anyways, on that hopeful note, we are going to take a break because we have been talking for quite some time. And we're going to go eat some food and take a breather. I'm going to go watch the news, guys. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat my feelings. I'm going to eat a hash brown. So I think for our break, since we don't have any sponsors yet, we can do like an icebreaker question. Hint McDonald's. Sponsor us McDonald's. So I thought since we're called the Hash Brown Girls, um, we can do a food question. So the question is, if you can eliminate one food from existence, what would it be? Ooh, I like that question. I don't like this question. I've already thought of my answer. Do we just shout it out? Yeah, just shout it out. Um, So since we are South Asian, I'm sure many of you are aware of karele. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know what they're though. called. Yeah, but they're nasty. They're literally they're called bitter. It's called bitter gourd. Bitter gourd. Yeah, I I couldn't remember if it was bitter sweet gourd or just bitter gourd or bitter melon. But anyways, karele. <laughs> I don't like liver, so kaleji. But oh yeah, that's what's up with this karele, karele, kaleji, kaleji, karela. Well, I don't like livers. Mushroom I can burger. do anything but mushrooms and olives. I just can't. <gasps> really? I love olives. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh my god. I love. I love so olives. Much. Same. Oh, I don't just think about themselves. Me too. I really hate um feta cheese. What? Oh my gosh! Basically, yeah, y'all don't, don't like Greek food. Y'all don't like Greek food. I hate feta cheese and I hate tomatoes. Not like okay, I don't like ketchup and stuff like that. I but like the tomatoes. actual tomato, I just I this half like the food that you eat is tomatoes, mushrooms, no, like tomato olives, essence. tomatoes, and uh, feta cheese are is like part of. And then you just add some spinach. Is a great. Salad. I literally mm-hmm. have feta cheese, tomatoes, mushrooms. I've never had karele, so I don't know how that. Tastes. Are you serious? No. Are you like not desi? I've just never had karele. 
Well, yeah, it lucky. wasn't part of my yeah, life. You are lucky you didn't miss anything. I don't, my parents I mean, probably don't like it. That's why I've never yeah. had it. I think that and goat cheese are like the nastiest foods. Oh, I, like I don't like goat cheese. cheese. Too. Wait, I, I like, like goat, goat cheese. cheese. Yeah, you like don't like feta? Would you like goat? I'm like, yeah. I don't like blue cheese. Or something. I'm like trying to get into my cheese, but I don't think I'll ever get into goat cheese. Like, at, like cheese, like proper, like, like, you know, cracker and cheese with a nice glass of orange juice. You know, like, I, I love it. Wow. Hottest <laughs> got me um, French fries, so I'm really happy. Right oh. Just to show. Is it from McDonald's? Oh, yeah. From McDonald's? Dang. Mm-hmm. McDonald's, sponsor us now. <laughs> I haven't had McDonald's since your house. Really? It's the convenience, you know, it's just right there. I know. My my brother and I were supposed to get Chick uh, not Chick Fil A. Uh, we were supposed to get Popeyes earlier today because we're watching Rhett and Link. They're like these two YouTubers try different foods and then try to guess where they're from. So they were eating chicken sandwiches and or chicken nuggets, and I just was craving fried chicken so bad. I don't know why I'm like <sighs> fried chicken is always a craving. You're not a huge fan of what fried chicken. I know, it's just weird. I love fried chicken. No, I don't know. It's something happened thing. to me where, like, I think I had it one and just, um, it hurt my tummy. And then once you hurt my tummy, we're not, you can't, I can't <laughs> eat it anymore. Like, it's no, not like, they say that your taste buds change, like, your taste preferences change, like, every eight that's hours true. or something. So maybe that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. I, I remember I used to hate donuts as a kid. Donuts um, were, like, a staple in my childhood. Donuts give me a, uh, I don't like donuts. Oh, my God. What are you a huge fan of? Oh my god, pizza. Don't you eat pineapples on your pizza? Yes. That is something that needs to be like out of existence for sure. That's so mean. You're the only person that I've met that likes pineapple on her pizza. I don't mind pineapple on pizza, but it's not my favorite, if that makes sense. For all the pineapple lovers out there, please, you know... Uh, defend me on how good it is because it's like the I even love pineapples. I hate pineapples. I love anything. What? I love, I love pineapple. pineapple. I hate pineapple. Yeah, I hate pineapples. I hate. I feel like I'm a, like a little allergic to it too because every time I eat it, like my throat gets itchy and oh, I just yeah, don't you're like the texture. Yeah, you're probably allergic. Yeah, yeah maybe don't eat it. Yeah, I, I don't like them anyway, so it's not like a loss for me. I guess. Yeah, no, I I love pineapple and mangoes. I used to hate mango mangoes, but I like them now. Mango everything but the actual mango. How no, are you dissing me? But I love. Me, like, give me like Pakistani mangoes any day. Yeah, I'll eat the whole. Oh my god! Yeah, like, the Pakistani mangoes are the ones I actually like. The ones from here are kind of bootleg. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not mangoes. All right, guys, we are back from our break which actually ended up being basically a week because now it is monday november 9th if you can't tell we're so excited we are relieved they lifted off our shoulders only because of pennsylvania it was the hard work guys i was in pennsylvania this weekend (laughs) i was no way she was counting the votes yeah i was like yo we gotta like we gotta you know make this go faster it's taking too long um, just to clarify, I did not go count the votes, but um, yeah, it was like it was a pretty cool experience. Just kind of seeing um, everyone kind of like cheering them on, and I think this is the first time after a very long time since Pennsylvania went blue, right? 
I think yeah. last election they were red, yeah. I think it was because of Philadelphia um, mm-hmm. that it turned blue. It was pretty and epic. What's so funny is that I think Trump once like tweeted something negatively about the Eagles. And so, like, people were retaliating. Like, it was a joke that the people of Philadelphia were retaliating and voted, like, blue. Because <laughs> he insulted the Eagles. I think the craziest thing, though, is that Trump still has not conceded. Like, he still has not. And it's crazy because in they were showing when George H.W. Bush conceded, because mm-hmm. he was also a one-term president. He, in his concession speech, was being so mature. He was like, you know... I just called Mr. Clinton. I congratulated him on his victory. And I think he's going to be a great president. And now all of us have to go and support him because we are all one country. Like we're the United States and he's our president. Like it was a very like unifying, mature speech. And I can never see Trump being that mature. That's awesome. Also, I know that in the news um, cycles uh, today, a lot of the coverage was on McCain in 2008, how like when he lost uh, to Obama, when he was running for a second term, Obama was running for a second term. He was such a polite speaker, even though he lost. So it's funny. Trump is such a big baby, doesn't want to sign those damn papers. I think um, he doesn't want to admit that he defeat. He was defeated. So I think there's like so many lessons learned really from this 2020 election and just, you know, how we did great, but also how it, it doesn't end here. yes. You know, Biden has won, but we have a very long battle to go. I also think, you know, a lot, a lot of people assume Biden is the solution, but... That's not the like, case. Yeah, it's not the case. Like, there's still a lot of work to be done, but at least he represents someone more... Who represents all the people, I guess, if that makes He's sense. He's someone more decent and will, yeah. I think... I think the, yeah, more, the reason the that... Policy, in a way. Yeah, I feel like the reason that Biden also won is because he's a very middle person like i think to you know old republicans he'll still kind of lean towards them as well as democrats you know so he's like kind of like will kind of negotiate with for both sides if that makes sense right because he's not as progressive as we might want him to be but he meets people a lot of issues in the middle Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's considered a conservative a Democrat, like a yeah. more centrist. With that, we can go into talking about what's happened this year with the 2020 election. There were so many moving parts the way the election unfolded this year and is still unfolding. We've seen a rise in popularity with the mail-in ballot because of COVID, obviously, but you know there were issues with USPS and it really hindered its effectiveness um, and really caused a lot of partisan issues, which is ironic because you'd think democracy and voting for our leadership in a fair, honest matter would be bipartisan, but sadly it's not. You know, for the past several years since the Trump campaign has been in the spotlight, his administration and the Republican Party have been really invested in putting a microscope on the issue of voter fraud for the 2020 election, claiming that mail-in votes aren't legitimate. And what's kind of funny how he's suddenly shocked that there were so many mail-in votes that weren't for him, even though he urged his supporters not to use it. It's like, where's where's the common sense there? But he himself, the president, promoted the idea that voter fraud is rampant in our country, despite overwhelming evidence that that's not true. And there's further danger that's implied when the president publicly professes his distrust in the process, um, particularly that now that he's lost. And we're kind of 
relieved that Joe Biden's our president-elect, but it's kind of worrisome thinking that Trump's not going to proceed with the peaceful transition of power. So what does that really mean for our future? It's a good point. Yeah. I think it's a really scary thought that we have to even question that because previous presidents, when they were transitioning the power over, it was such a peaceful transition. And now having someone like Trump even questioning through Twitter, like, oh, look, even though I lost, none of my people are like throwing riots. And I think just in general, he's trying to get that target of people where um, people will start riots and people start getting mad. And he's just trying to create I mean, more he's problems. inciting fear. He's inciting issues. Exactly. Yeah. The funniest is that he's literally retweeting people that are saying his... Um, it was rigged and Twitter is commenting saying this claim about election fraud is disputed. Like what? <laughs> like that's embarrassing when Twitter calls you out. It's just, it's insane how someone who won the 2016 election by getting a foreign country involved in our election yeah. is complaining so much about how the system is flawed when it doesn't work for him. He's just right a baby. He's such a baby. And guys, honestly, I have never in my life seen someone as a someone like as our president tweet that much and just tweeting out of his ass. Really, like half the stuff he says just has no credibility. I think it's just crazy how easily we can be manipulated by what we see on social media and it's kind of like we're told what to believe. We're told yeah. like this is what is okay and this is what's bad it's interesting right because we're now living in a society where false news reports are widely distributed over social media platforms and in many cases it can be considered to be a form of computational propaganda which is pretty much where they're using a certain type of algorithm purposely to distribute misleading information over social media networks so you know i'm sure a it happens a lot when you guys are scrolling through TikTok or scrolling through Instagram. You guys probably see a certain type of, you know, type of feed, right? Like, so for the longest time before the election, I was always seeing Democratic things. I was seeing Biden things. And now it goes back to the kind of stuff I'm searching for. And I feel like it's really scary that they're always trying to target me. And it really turns out is just how Who's it's targeting you. Huh? I knew my phone was listening to me when I was talking about Uncrustables one day and the next day I got an ad for Uncrustables on Instagram. It's such a random That's thing. That's scary. Yeah. It really is. Guys, you do know social media is actually using as a tool for public opinion manipulation. And they do it in so many different ways. And they do it a lot during political times and they try to target a specific type of people. And that's why a lot of people get the wrong information and they get, you know, kind of manipulated. Just, I found out that social media, they're actively using different types of tools for public opinion manipulation. And that's kind of how Trump gets his voters, Biden gets his voters. And it turns out that, especially in democracies, social media is actively used for computational propaganda. And it's in a, you know, broad efforts of, you know, to kind of have opinion manipulation. And they try to do experiments on particular segments of the public but in 52 countries they use disinformation and media manipulation to mislead the users you know what i was thinking is that propaganda and especially during election time is always so rampant 
uh, before the internet, it was on TV all the time. So now it's just gotten smarter and closer to you and every device around you. They, yeah. So. Have you guys um Have you guys seen the documentary uh, Social Dilemma? Ooh, Netflix? I started it. Yes, yeah, I yeah. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I was gonna say how I feel when after watching Social Dilemma, I really felt. Um, there's a line from that documentary that I've heard in the documentary as well as before um, that always stuck with me is that when you're on a website like Facebook, like Twitter, that's for free, it's because usually you are the product. Yeah. Like nothing is ever free. It's It's because they're using you for ads. And the way they show like a boy being manipulated, it was just crazy. Yeah, I definitely recommend our listeners to watch this documentary. It not only describes the destructive way social media has really taken over our lives, but explains how misinformation did spread in the 2016 um, election through social media and why this is meddling is really dangerous to our democracy. And, you know, this documentary explains how people have been getting fed one side of the story to the point where anything else really does seem ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. For example, the 2016 election, even the 2020 election, there's everyone. It's so divided, and you know, it starts to feel over like things there's that so, it there's feels so like it shouldn't be this much division over. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but it really is, and it's causing so much, oh. so many different types of opinions, and that's just creating more tension. And this is why, going back to, but I feel like we're all kind of like saying, like, this is just the beginning of the battle. We need to not let social media just anyone that's trying to really take over we should all be educated in a sense and knowing what we're saying and what we're talking about and not just be influenced by the things around us so are we then saying that social media and the internet are the reason why we have two extremist parties or not that we have them but because they've gained so much traction are we saying that social media is one of the main drivers behind that absolutely definitely a big part of it for sure so so then we believe that people are being manipulated without them realizing because of everything that's showing up on Facebook for them They're to click definitely on. Being influenced. I think that's the reason that Trump is like, you know, we were discussing how Trump tweets so much more than any president that we'd had. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a way for him to communicate with his audience. These were like the first few elections that were such a big part of social media, you know, before back in 2008, we didn't really have we had maybe Facebook that was pretty big at the time, but we didn't have this huge social media presence um, that there is now, you know, so I feel like that that is such a huge part in these last two elections. Guys, like, I'm guilty of it myself. Like, when the debates are coming on, what do I do? I look at Twitter more than the actual debate because I want to see thinking the same thoughts I am. One takeaway, though, I think it, from this most recent election is I really, really loved that there was no audience during these debates. I feel like that made a huge difference. And we need that for every debate going forward, because that in a way sways people, you know, left or right as well. Right. Exactly. I was I was going to say I Googled how is the public opinion formed and it says that the formation of pub- this is on Wikipedia, so take this for what it's worth. But the formation <laughs> of public opinion starts with agenda setting by major media outlets throughout the world. The agenda setting dictates what is newsworthy and how and when it will be reported. And that's that in itself is crazy. 
because this is just on Wikipedia. Like, how is a public opinion formed? And it's telling you right there that the news and major media outlets really dictate what is considered important, what is not. Mm-hmm. I 100% back that statement because there's still not that much. Oh, with the Syrian civil war that's been happening, that had been happening for at least five years before it was picked up by major news outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became a big thing. And now with the like what's happening in China with Uyghur Muslims, like that's so underreported, but it's huge. And it's hurting a lot of people, but it it's not really you. on media. It just shows you how much we're manipulated. Back to the original point is right. we are really, our minds and are really like molded like clay by the media it and really by is. social media. And I, and I think, you know, at least we had a happy ending this election, even though there are so many institutions in place to take away your voice, to diminish your right to vote. We still were heard this election. And I think yeah. that really says something that despite all the odds, we were able to prevail we really <laughs> in were. a way. That sounds so cheesy, but you know, but I, I strongly do want to, you know, let, you know, all our viewers know that the battle does not end here. Yes, we do have Biden as our president, you know, where our voice is being heard, but there's a really long road to go. So to conclude, um, I know we asked this question at the beginning of this episode, does our vote really matter? And so now that we've gone through this entire discussion, what do we guys think? Does your vote matter? I'm. You would be so surprised. If you asked me this question three days ago, I would tell you, no, I don't think. Like, it's, there's no way. Like, this electoral votes, all this stuff. But asking me now, 100% yes. 100% yeah. yes. I, I would say before I started researching for this episode, I really didn't think my vote mattered that much. Um, but after doing all this research, I fully believe that my vote matters and that everyone should vote. I think if you have a voice, you should be able to speak out. And that's like voting is the form of that. And voting, especially we've seen in this election and the last election, 100% matters. And I think a lot of us tend to think that voting is a privilege, but it's a right. If you're a citizen, if you live here, you... 100% have the right to vote for who you elect into office. And despite certain parties' agendas to intimidate and discourage us from going out and voting, we just need to do it. Just do it. Everyone vote. It matters. (laughs) Yeah. And then one last thing I wanted to say is I know that this time around, a lot of people got texts to remind people to vote around you. And I know how annoying that was, but no, there's a, you have to understand, be patient, know the reason why this is happening. And one big thing I noticed that a lot of people were doing is having a voting plan. And that is because if you commit to voting, you should know how you're going to vote. And so that succeeded this election. And people me- really worked hard to get yeah. others to vote. That's why mm-hmm. your vote matters is by you doing it and you telling Definitely. people to do it as well. Right. I think if anything, our vote counts, but the system is just not the right one to accurately represent our voice. I mean, because if your vote doesn't count, then why are there so many systems in place to take it away from you? Like voter suppression, social media, mass media outlets, why are they in place 
if your vote right. didn't matter. They could just do whatever right. they wanted and not have all these right. restrictions. Exactly. Although I would want to say and caveat that everyone's votes matter, but some votes matter more than others, depending on which state you live in. Well, that's why I think the system is yeah. just a fail. I think this system is outdated. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we still need to do the best that we can and go out and vote for officials that we believe right, in right. you know it, like it counts but yes we need to take steps towards fixing this outdated system it makes me and- so sad when i hear people still telling me oh um i guess i didn't need a vote see biden ended up winning our state anyways right and it's kind of like dang that's not you know that's yeah it's not just sucks. that he he vo- he won by like a margin so i mean that's right. and that's the exactly. white air- yeah you could be the deciding vote exactly and for people to still even though four years has gone by and we're still in this you know yes he won but we're still in that same thing like it was by a margin just like you said como and i think that's the sad part it's not only about the president election there's so many other types of things that we need to vote for and that's where our vote matters not just with the senate elections the senate the congress the state yeah definitely vote in all of those and everyone's yes. going to stop you, just like you mentioned, social media, all this stuff. There's so many things that are going to get in the way, but you need to know you're right. Mm-hmm. Stay informed. Stay cool. <laughs> and We are going to vote again in two years. Local elections. Abolish the Electoral College. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Anyways, guys, so go vote. Your voice vote. matters. Do and, anything. Well, I mean, do anything that requ- that involves voting. And <laughs> no, and be be a good citizen. Check in with neighbor. Drugs. Check in with. Why do we sound like their parents now? <laughs> no, it's just no rights. Okay, well, if you and en- if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, and we'll release these on a monthly basis. So definitely listen and let us know. Leave a review. Positive. Thank you guys. We are the hashbound girls. Hashbound girls. We are the hashbound world. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>